You're listening to Things of Faith. Welcome to Things of Faith, where we get to go through the Orthodox basic Christian doctrines, uh, talk about them, flesh them out a little bit, and hopefully give you something to chew on and talk about with your family and with your friends as you're driving or sitting in the car, uh, sitting at your house. And we are trying to keep this wrap up kind of the first major thrust of this podcast, which is um, a flyover of basic Christian doctrine. So we are towards the end, uh, like very, very. We're we're landing. We are we're landing the plane. We have our our last like thoughtful um, discussion today on eschatology of the world. So the the end times, last days of the world. Last time we did personal eschatology of heaven and resurrected bodies and that. And this time we're talking about kind of the global, the idea of the big picture. Um, and then we're going to have one more reflection where Stoops and I get the privilege of kind of reflecting back on where we've been. And then we're praying about what God does with the next season. So um, appreciate you guys listening. Um, appreciate your taking time with us. So welcome, Stoops. He's been patiently waiting for me to introduce him. So here you are. Oh, thank you, Pastor Scott. Always <laughs> good to be with you. So today we are going to talk about the end times, and we are going to use a very broad overview of the book of Revelation to guide our conversation and not – there are so many weeds, friends, as you're listening to this, that I would encourage you to just go look up some of the terms. Look up terms like premillennial, amillennial, uh, pre-trib, post-trib. And just get a quick definition. Don't, don't even try to figure out who am I and where am I. But just kind of know that there is uh, roadmaps and there are different opinions. One of the things that I also want to give just as an overall like warning is so many places now, so many churches now, they teach this in a way that if you don't agree with their exact way of reading the book of Revelation, you are not a Christian. And please don't think that. There are so many good, thoughtful people who disagree over how to read this book. And we're all going to find out <laughs> how wrong we are in some ways <laughs> when Jesus <laughs> comes back at the end. Um, but don't let this be the canary in the coal mine of your faith, that if it goes down, everything is dangerous and bad around it. So just a kind of a, a warning there, because uh, Stoops and I have our, of course, we have our opinions, we have our, our viewpoints. Um, and if you don't agree with us, great. Buy us coffee, buy us a beer sometime. Let's talk about it. And we would love to have more conversations. So just an overall kind of thought on that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, this is, is definitely a secondary issue. I mean, there are yes. primary issues of, you know, does Jesus return? Yes. Right. Does Jesus win in the end? Yes. Is there a new heaven and a new earth? Yes. Where we dwell forever in the presence of God? Yes. Right. Um, like big, you know, big yeah, headline big issues. Uh, those are in the Apostles' Creed. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, exactly. He's coming back. Exactly. And then when it gets down to how do we read this particular passage? How do we understand, talk about the millennium? Those are all secondary issues that are not unimportant. We're, we should study them and Wonderful. we should you know, form opinions on them and discuss and debate them, but they don't need to break fellowship over exactly. them. Exactly. Don't let them divide the church up. Don't let them divide you and your friend up because you both view Revelation in a different way. So that being said, we're going to tell you the right way to <laughs> <laughs> 
to read the book of Revelation. Um, the first, the first thing, just as a, as an undercurrent thought, is is that we are in the last days. Um, the the scriptures from the time of Jesus's resurrection and ascension till when he comes back, the scriptures paint that whole season as the last days. How long is that? Well, so far it's been longer than the early Christians thought. It's been 2,000 years-ish um, that that's been the case. But we are in these last days. Uh, John says it. He says, in these last days. And Paul would affirm that that same kind of thought. So the days that you're walking into are these last days. Book of Revelation then is written to a group of persecuted Christians who are under great turmoil because the world is turning against them in every way you can imagine. And they are they are being killed for their faith. They are being persecuted. They are um, losing their jobs. They all of those things for their faith. So revelation is written to persecuted Christians to give them hope in the midst of difficult trying, circumstances. Please keep that in mind. It is a book of hope. So often it gets turned into a weapon as a book of anger or a book of judgment against non-believers. Its primary purpose is to bring hope to a believer who's looking around in the world and who's saying, things just aren't working out. What? How can one go on? Let me tell you a story. And and even within that, you 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 have it obviously directed towards the persecuted, and there's a variety of places where that plays out. And then also within the first several chapters, you have these seven letters that are dictated by Jesus to the seven churches in Asia Minor around the Ephesus area. And um, and yes, it, it definitely directs some of those churches that are persecuted. It also directs some churches that have compromised themselves. Yeah. And then also to some that have just grown weary. Yeah. Just yeah. grown apathetic. Yeah. And so, you know, I mean, kind of all the more, it's not a book that's meant to scare apathy. Because I'm guessing that that might be the major thing that, you know, we deal with in kind of our modern society is just kind of apathy yeah. about God and the things of faith or or compromise in that fact. But this book isn't meant to scare us into uh, not being apathetic, but rather it is to show us that through hope there is reason and there is purpose and there is life and joy found in our faith. Yeah, exactly. And and go on. Keep going. You can make it tomorrow. You can keep going because we know who is victorious in the end. So the first couple of chapters of Revelation um, give letters, as uh, Stoops just mentioned. Then you get into this throne room, this beautiful throne room of God where God is on the throne and he is in charge. Um, there's all sorts of things worshiping him, all creatures under God, all creatures in heaven and earth are bowing down. He is the Lord. He is the king. And boom, offsets these images. And there are three cycles of seven, and they are um, how I always, seals, uh, trumpets, bulls, right? <laughs> Just, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll, divide, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll usually get seals right. Well, Sometimes I'll flip and, bowls and I need to always look. And and then here's where maybe I just want to interject Please. just with a, a point because, again, some of you, um, 
like this might just all be new. You're like Revelation. That is a freaky book. Yeah. I don't read yeah. that. Like breaking case of like having, you know, I, I don't have enough nightmares. I, I think I'm going to read Revelation. <laughs> I need more. Yeah. Um, you know, and so and so part of it is a lot of what we think Revelation is about is just what we've heard about. Great point. And so you have a lot of these kind of popular cultural conceptions of, oh, well, it's a code book. Oh, it's a book that chronologically tells you exactly what is going to happen in the last days, which isn't now, but that's somewhere in the future. And then you're going to have and basically like the Left Behind series yep. um, for anyone who's and old for all of those that. people are going to have to deal with that where I'm going to be taken out and miss everything. Yeah. And 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 that's where it's it becomes this code book. And then you basically you start to treat it where you take bits of Revelation and then you take bits of Daniel and you take yeah. bits over here and you kind of put it together in this janky jigsaw puzzle to create these timelines right. and these graphs. If you'd ever want to, you know, Google <laughs> that, you I mean you'll hear timelines for oh, the yeah. end of the world and that kind of thing. And when the tribulation is gonna happen yep. and the rapture, and there be might be two raptures, all that kind of stuff. Yep. But that's not the ultimate point of nope. the book of Revelation. It is not meant to be, in our opinion. Our interpretive historical opinion is not meant to be read just as this straight code book chronology that if we could just crack the code, then we'll know who the Antichrist is. And by the way, the word Antichrist does not appear in right. the book of Revelation. Exactly. Okay. That's another book. Um, and I think that so many of those things are wanting us to have control, wanting us to be able to say, oh, I know. I have the secret knowledge. I have the way it's going to be as opposed to trusting in God to do what he does and the faith like a child coming to him. And uh, I think I used this on another one of our podcasts, but getting into the back seat in the car seat and trusting him to drive us where we're supposed to go and that he's got it. And, you know, my kids, when they were little, they just got in the car, didn't worry if it was 10 minutes or 10 hours. They were just going as mom and dad were going. We're fine. And that is, I think, what Revelation is is pointing us to. So. Uh, and one quick other like side that I just realized that we haven't said yet is it is revelation, not revelations. That if you take nothing else <laughs> Please away listen. from I know. this entire just series, <laughs> I don't care the whole rest of the season. Don't please please it is singular it's singular it which it's important and not just for us theological nerds who like to bang on this drum but because then you have to see it as a whole unit you can't just say and then that revelation and that revelation and that revelation mm -hmm. no you have to somehow work this bad boy together into something so how do we do that in general I'll use my words, Stoops and saying some of his words, because we'll probably say it a little differently. And hopefully by both of us, you'll hear something that resembles hope and truth. It is this, that the three cycles of seven are there, and we are living out all of those cycles right now. They are revealing to us that we live in a broken, tired world, and it is working against the things of the kingdom it is working against grace and peace and hope. There's all sorts of external enemies. Then there are these wonderful interludes. There's two in the, there's one in the first cycle of seven. There's one in the second cycle of seven. The first interlude is the sealing of the 144,000, which I would say is the sealing of God's church, the protection of his people. The second interlude is the um, two witnesses proclamation and I want you to hear this clearly as well. 
the interludes are the emphasis of the book. And those interludes, because those interludes tell us God knows and sees and seals his people. God's word is proclaimed amidst the chaos. Then we get to the great interlude of the dragon and the beast and the beast from the sea. And that is the overall gospel story that is being lived out to this day. And we see, so the great interlude is the story of salvation told through Old Testament imagery. Ramped up to the third cycle of seven, where it's a run to the end of the bowls being poured out. And then the one part that I think both of us would say exists sometime in the future is this great battle that everything is finished and the new heavens and the new earth come down and God wipes away every tear from every eye and everything is told that it's all going to be okay. I have you. I'm with you. I'm for you. And, and imagine a persecuted people, imagine an apathetic person hearing that news and saying, okay, I can hold on for one more day. So that was a quick, like, I just did what I took 12 weeks <laughs> of sermons to try to <laughs> explain. I, I did like five or six months. Yeah. So, so you did it. You it, did it much faster than I did. In five <laughs> minutes. So if you want those, we, we have them recorded somewhere online. Um, all right. Do your thing now with it so that, so that we can have a little different. Yeah. I think, I, I mean, I, obviously I think the outline is, is all there. Um, I think, just to maybe be a little bit more specific is that some of what people don't understand, and I think what leads to some of the whole kind of, oh, it's a code book, are all, is all of this imagery. Yeah. There's a lot of, of images that uh, seem to us to be rather bizarre. And so we try to think, well, it must be one-for-one uh, -one correspondence to something. But really, John is getting these images from somewhere, um, that as John is seeing these visions of all that has happened and all that will happen, He's trying to find words and, and images to describe it. And in apocalyptic literature, this was a very common genre yep. in, the, in the ancient world, um, they would use imagery to, to, represent, you know, uh, to represent bigger themes, right? And so uh, basically, John's toolbox is the Old Testament. And so you'll find that as you read more of the Old Testament, particularly the prophets, You'll see this imagery, like especially from Daniel, Daniel chapter seven in particular, um, as well as beyond that, uh, Ezekiel and Isaiah. And as you read those, you realize, oh, he is pulling on this Old Testament, you know, clip art box yep. um, to Good. begin to explain uh, what there is, and it gives a, it gives a depth and a richness. So it's not going, oh, well, the beast must have been Nero, or the beast was Hitler. And instead, it, it actually begins to transcend those a little bit yeah. because it could go, yeah, he he is he he was the beast, and the beast there's, is still here. Still the beast here. is still being defeated. The beast right. is still menacing. There's still, there's still things happening, and don't don't either look for the beast in the future or go in the back. Oh, I'm glad we had taped that that beast because that was there. No, there are active evil trying to destroy the church. There's active evil trying to destroy faith. Yet, God wins. Yeah. Which, and again, for, you know, especially in kind of like, you know, whether you live in middle America or on the coast or you're, you know, middle class or somewhere around there, uh, 
the idea of perseverance, it's like, well, of course, I'll just kind of continue on just one day at a time until I hit retirement. And then I'll just kind of, you know, walk off into the sunset. Right. And it's like, man, let's just remember for how many Christians around the world, life is like a day-to-day struggle. And then honestly, it might not be a day-to-day struggle. uh, You know, I mean, maybe for some of us, it is financially. And obviously that's a concern, but like, I think for our nation, like particularly for our culture and our people, especially young younger people, if you're younger, listen to this or more seasoned, um, like that question of like, is there purpose and meaning in life? Is there a reason to continue on, right. or just go through the motions? And the thing, and the thing about Revelation is that there's no need for the motions. There's a grand story that we are a part of, um, a grand hope that we have been invited into um, in in this cosmic cosmic. Um, uh, conflict. Um, and I say conflict, but we know who wins. Right. And that's... So maybe it's a cosmic victory lap, if you will. Yeah. A cosmic... That's a... Well, and I think we also always need reminding because it does seem on some days that the evil is going to win. It does seem like the hopelessness is going to overwhelm. Um, and we we need someone to kind of elbow us and say, God's not this. God, God, God sees you. He knows you. You can rest in him. And he has a future. Keep on going. And, and when we, when we hear that, it, it inspires us. It encourages us. It, it gives us, it fills us full of grace. And when we have that as the, the fuel in the car, then we can keep Keep driving forward. Yeah, and 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 it, part of the way it does that, and it, is that it it takes us out of the center of the story, right? <laughs> no, like which but is what, which but is I kind want of, to be so much in the center. Well, that's isn't that kind of the you know I mean that's kind of the disconcerting part about Revelation for some people is they want to put themselves immediately in the story in this like chronological code breaking. Yeah. Where story. am I? Yeah, exactly. Where's my life? And, um, and then and and like actually the story is like um, there are much bigger fish to fry. Yeah, uh, and he's Satan, frying them, and you know, <laughs> and there's Jesus, and it's like it's it's it is about them. Now the awesome part is that you know like is there like the ultimate comfort is not that the story really is about you. The ultimate comfort is the story is not about you. The story is not about you. It's about Jesus. You know, and I also think and there's an important um, word we have to put on the table here, which is dualism. That there's a heresy called dualism. That is the heresy of the idea that good and evil are just battling, and we're waiting to see who the victor is. That is not a Christian idea, because the Christian idea is we know who the victor is. The cross and the resurrection assured victory. So now we're just waiting for him to come back in glory and recreate the heavens and the earth. So there's not some like, oof, boy, I hope Jesus pulls it off here in overtime. That That's <laughs> just not, yeah. as, as, as wonderful that is for sports movies, it's not the case. You know, well, I guess, I mean, in some ways, a sports movie is a good illustration. Like, you know that the team that you're rooting for is going <laughs> to win the game, right? Like, you know how that shot's going to go in, even though all the odds seem against them going in. Oh, they won. And this is to... You know, this just popped into my head, but this is the the whole great story that Tolkien and Lewis said, 
right? Where they said, why do people love fairy stories? They love them because we love that moment. And he, you, Tolkien called it the catastrophe. We love that moment when everything turns around and everything is made right and everything is made whole and our soul longs for that moment. You love a great sports movie. You love a great action movie for that moment. And then Tolkien in this uh, um, in this essay called Tree and Leaf, he says, he says, and uh, legend and history have met and fused. You know, God is the God of, of elves and of humans. That what you want so deeply to be true is true. The victory is assured. You are on Christ's side, the victor side. And like, that's the best news that Tolkien, he wrote the whole Lord of the Rings to give you that feeling. <laughs> to get you there. And, and that's, and that's revelation. Yeah. And all, and we know, and, and the, and the great thing is like, we also, we also know that, you know, as, as, as Scott was just saying from the resurrection of the dead, I mean, it, that's even how the book begins and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead and yep. the ruler of Kings on earth. Yeah. He's it. He's the one. And so our, our eschatology is that there is still evil. We are still evil. We need grace, redemption, resurrection, and God is victorious. And so we can rest in that truth. There was a, on my sabbatical, um, there was a pillow on one of my old youth group girls couches and it said I hate to ruin the ending but everything's going to be okay and I saw that when we went over to their house I was meeting them I was going to do their wedding in a couple of months and just meeting them with Emily and the kids and I thought you know we want that that pillow to be true and most of the time it's not unless you have Jesus but with Jesus that is the greatest news you can ever hear. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it can sometimes feel so much like an empty platitude, right? Like it's something that someone just says, oh, it'll be okay. Yeah. And you're like, actually, no, it's going to get worse. Yeah. You know? And, and like might. for a lot of those Christians, it was going to get worse. And, and, and it might. Because it, was, because it wasn't a platitude. It was something far deeper and far more real. No, the deepness, right. It, it was as true as can be. No, it's going to be okay. Why? Because Christ is victorious. And he's victorious in this moment. He's given me his Holy Spirit and he'll be victorious in that moment and the end times. So I can sit, I can rest, I can have peace because it's going to be okay. And yeah, and you're right. Yeah, don't worry, it'll be okay. Well, and it might not be as far as like physically. Those Christians, a lot of them died, but they would still say, but it's okay. For Peter Christ says, hey, or Paul says, uh, to live is, what does he say? Someone to live is pain, but to, to die is pain. To, to <laughs> die. No, no, no. Please do not listen it to does, Scott. It does work that way, though. To, to die is to, – to live is Christ and to die is gain. Yes, that's the better version of it. While I also want to point out that my little funny joke, to live is pain, Paul basically said, like, oh, if I keep living, I'm going to have to deal with you all. So <laughs> I will. And to live is Christ. But to die, whoo, that's so much better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah imagine your pastor doing that on sunday yeah i know i know boy i guess i'll stay around another week because i have to but man if i get to go to be with jesus this week just celebrate celebrate <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, but that it would be a wonderful. There would be so much peace in that, and in and in trying to tell others that that's true as well. That we know who the victor is. We know who the victor is. So, yep. Well, friends, I am so glad to have gone on this turn with you. Next time we record, we're gonna do just uh, sit and reflect, um, and then then be praying about what's the next version of where we're going. So thanks, Stoops. Well, thank you, Scott. Talk to you later. Bye. You're listening to Things of Faith.